Good morning, Zion Talofa. Thank you for being here on the 19th of July and our service together. Let's do what we always do, settle into our breath, settle into our bodies, allow God to simply gaze upon us, to welcome us uh, together in this time and this virtual space together, it doesn't matter. We are together in this moment. So allow that to settle in, follow your breath in, and follow your breath out as we begin. Amen. As you've probably already heard, Jeanette is back, and we're grateful for that, and Doug is back as well, and so those are the familiar voices you will hear in the call and response readings this morning. Will you please join us in our call to worship? God invites us to gather. We worship the Holy One who is present in all. God invites us to come as we are for the sake of who we may yet be. We worship the Holy One who calls us to new ways of being and doing. God invites us to journey in awe and in trust. We worship the Holy One in our midst who blesses and commissions us for the good of all. Let's pray together. Searching God, you who are always seeking us, following behind us when we flee, catch our hearts today and draw us into your waiting presence where we can learn how to wait as you wait, eagerly, hopefully, joyfully, for our holiness to grow. Amen. Our hymn this morning that we've chosen uh, to sing for the virtual service is there in your bulletin, your electronic bulletin there. We're going to sing hymn number 293, 293. Uh, sing out.
Let's confess our sins together, trusting in God's grace. In our good times and in our bad times, in our ups and in our downs. We confess you are with us, God. You are in our moments of transformation, inviting us to new life. When we are running away, when we are searching for a home. We confess you are with us, God. You guide us to new possibilities, when we are feeling proud and self-satisfied, when we are racked with guilt or shame. We confess you are with us, God. You steady us on new ways, when we are wrestling, when we are striving. We confess you are with us, God. You accompany us into new faithfulness to your presence and call. Amen and amen. No matter where we go, God is with us for good. Our scripture readings this morning are again from Genesis and the Gospel of Matthew. We will read the familiar story of Jacob at Bethel. And when he saw his ladder in the so-called dream, the 28th chapter of Genesis, verses 10 through 19. And in Matthew, Jesus tells the parable of the weeds and the wheat. And we will read uh, Matthew chapter 13, verses 24 through 30, and then skip to verse 36 and read through 43. So... Genesis 28, 10 through 19, Matthew 13, 24 through 30, and 36 through 43. Go ahead and pause it now. And um, we'll, when you come back, we'll hear the sermon together. Let's begin this morning by doing a little internal inventory together, if you will. Just ask yourself, as honestly as you possibly can, how are you feeling right now? And when you engage in that, that curiosity, that internal inventory about how you're feeling, do you sense anger? Uh, do you sense fear, uncertainty? Is there helplessness there? Are you energized or are you, are you worn out? Are you fatigued? Are you despairing? Are you fed up? As we continue to seek answers to those questions and seek clarification about how we are feeling right now in this moment, Who is it that you trust? Who is it that you blame? How is it that we even come to know what we think we know? Why do we believe what we believe? How should we go forward with respect to our children, with our schools? What's going to happen as a result of this upcoming election in November? Is it going to make any difference? 
as we continue our inventory? How is it that you are processing and experiences and experiencing rather the the issues of race in our country? How do you experience how do you know what is true? How do you believe what you believe about the history of this nation? And how do you believe others experience that history? Or have you considered how others might experience that history? Do you believe we have to atone as a culture? Or do you believe otherwise? Again, how do you come to know these things? How do you come to trust these things? I want us to begin this morning because I bet all of us are processing that stuff. And I'm wondering if there's something upon which we can all agree, something that we're sensing, something that we're feeling that is common to all of us. And I, a lot of this is born from a conversation I had just an hour ago with, with Doug and Jeanette. And we were talking about an underlying sense of helplessness. And it doesn't matter how you answer any of those aforementioned questions or where or how you make sense of any of those topics. There's a sense that even if I, and I'm not talking about myself, I'm talking about you know whoever is processing this stuff, even if I am seeing clearly even if my points of view regarding all these issues can objectively be seen as correct, it likely doesn't matter because those whose views differ will only dig in and dig in deeper as a result of what I say or how I act. And we're all dug in we're all distrustful. And I know you, like me, have seen it in the glances that you exchange with people. It happened to me a couple of times this week. I, this sense that this person's wearing a mask, this person isn't. And there's anger and there's distrust. In a place where I was having my oil change in a place where groceries are bought, even outside at the farmer's market. So how is all this going to go? How is this all going to resolve? So that sense of helplessness is real. As I said, no matter how you believe, those questions ought to be answered. I want us to think about something together as a community of faith. We may have to embrace that feeling of helplessness for a while. 
we might have to welcome it. We might have to get comfortable with it. And if you think I'm out of my mind, which may or may not be true, but this is not an unprecedented place to be for people of faith, people who want so desperately to believe, people who want all of the uncertainty, all the worry, all the fear, all of the anger to be resolved in an acquaintance with goodness, with God, with mercy, with love. And of course, I'm talking about or not of course, but what I'm talking about is three days. I'm talking about a group of men and women who had given their lives, who'd left everything behind because they had come to know all of that uncertainty, all of those things that we talked about in our personal inventory to begin this sermon, all of that had simply disappeared, had simply melted beyond a shadow of a doubt into the love of this man, this Jesus that they had come to know and had come to follow. All of it had been resolved. And resolved isn't even the right way to say it. It was all revealed to be nothing. Nothing about what they thought they knew or didn't know or worried about made any sense in the light of Jesus of Nazareth and what he had to say and who he was. They knew that he was the one that they would follow. We're talking about three days, though, after they had witnessed his brutal execution. So all of the power of the world, all of those things that made them angry, that made them fearful, that made them be helpless, that made them question, that made them agonize, all of that power was brought to bear upon this one that they had come to love and trust. Joy they'd never imagined, a life they had never imagined, plans that they had never even been able to conceive of were obliterated, gone. In a savage world with unmatched cruelty destroyed this man who had embodied for them the love of God, the hope, all of their wishes, all of their joys, all of it embodied in this one man, he'd been destroyed. And for three days, they sat paralyzed in all of that helplessness. Now we know in light of history and in light of our story 
we know that it all had to happen that way. Of course, the story played out like that. Of course, he would be rejected by a world driven only by power, by ego, by the need to be right, by the need to attain, the need to acquire, the need to prove. All about materialism and what we can measure. Of course, that world would reject him. Of course, that world would first ignore him. And then when he could no longer be ignored, that world would kill him. And I should say that world, it's, it's us. That is what the world does. That is what we do to anything real, anything innocent, anything purely loving, anything that we cannot measure, that we cannot buy, sell, or use to our own advantage, turn to personal gain. We ignore it, and then if it can no longer be ignored, we get rid of it. And so he was killed. And like I said, we know now it had to happen that way. He had to suffer not to pay some price that you and I couldn't pay. He had to suffer so that every child would know that his or her suffering would need not be endured in isolation. That the living God is present in all of it. Of course it had to happen that way. Imagine how helpless those who had come to love him, to believe him over the last three years. Imagine how they felt for three days before they knew how the story unfolded and how it continues to unfold. I'll say it again, of course we are feeling helpless. Of course we are. The Genesis story that we read together and have read a thousand times in our lifetime of Jacob sleeping in the desolation of the desert. The lesson for us what is distilled out of all of that is that God is present everywhere. You might be here in the desert of Beersheba or you might be in your living room. <laughs> you might be in the sanctuary in Junction City, Kansas in 2020. But God is present everywhere. And if you'll sit long enough in that uncertainty and courageously enough in that silence, in that helplessness, you'll see. 
that's what we take from the Genesis reading this morning. And we take two things from Jesus sharing the story about the weeds and the wheat. The first of which is all of those answers to all of those questions in which we engage in our personal inventory about who's to blame, who's right, who's wrong, what policies, who do we need to elect, all of that stuff is weeds. We may or may not have informed opinions about it. But in terms of what matters, in terms of our acquaintance with the living God and our lives being guided by first and foremost that and only that, those things don't matter. First, like I said, the weeds. And the second is, he concludes, let anyone with ears listen. In other words, this is available to anybody and everybody. And it is available all the time. So Jacob says, God is, is, God is present everywhere, no matter where you go, no matter what your circumstances. And Jesus says, God is available to anyone who will listen. So we are feeling helpless right now. Of course we are. There's a lot of weeds. And they're not for us to deal with right now. We are people who have covenanted with one another and with God. We have, co we, we have covenanted to follow Jesus. Understand the distinction between worshiping and following. One allows you to be right and exclude others who believe differently. The other says you must follow. You must live as he lived Love the other as he loved the other, no matter the circumstances. Suffering is a part of that following. Uncertainty and helplessness are a part of that following. But it doesn't matter. What matters is what Jacob said. God is here everywhere and what Jesus says listen and he is available to you amen okay there are a few announcements for us to uh, share with one another uh, this morning I know that a lot of you are uh, are concerned about have been praying for Dick Gefeller uh, I was able to talk to him a little bit this week, and uh, you know he's he's as he always is, fun and 
um, you know, a joy to talk with. He's tired and uh, and worn out, but he's he, he's glad to be home. Um, Marvin and Janice have experienced a little bump in the road. Uh, Marvin, uh, they were here at the church, and we got to pray together and uh, you know talk with one another. But uh, Marvin is back in the hospital now, and so uh, the 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 good thing, the good news I can report is. Uh, the results of the the COVID tests are negative. Um, and I know that's the first thing that all of us that comes to our minds. Why wouldn't it be right now? Uh, but uh, but there's still some things that uh, that they want to find out, and uh, so we need to continue to pray uh, for for Marvin and Janice too, and Lori too, and the rest of the family. Um, um, Renee Jury's uh, sister died uh, earlier this week, and I think a lot of you know her as Shotzi. Uh, but Annette uh, passed away, and, uh, and and that's why 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 they're on the prayer list this morning. Um, the food pantry, uh, we will continue to gather food for that, uh, and continue to be. Uh, humbled and, and thrilled with with people's willingness uh, to give and continue to give, you know, in our circumstances. And uh, the cart always seems to get filled up. Uh, and so we'll gather all that stuff on August the 2nd. Um, Marvel Dalton turns 102 this week. And um, there's uh, an address that Jill included for us uh, where we can send cards. Um, I can remember being over there at her 100th birthday uh, for a party and some cake. So um, I would encourage you to send Marvel a card. We spoke a little bit last week and uh, about uh, kind of re uh, reimagining or, or reconvening our contemplative prayer class. And I'm going to do that next Saturday morning. So um, I'll send out kind of the particulars of that if you want to meet uh, here in person, uh, we will will do that, and we'll also put a Zoom link up so you can have uh, both options there. And uh, I'll get in touch with some people throughout the week, but we're going to do it next Saturday morning at nine, um, either here or or uh, virtually, whatever you are more comfortable with. Um, so I've missed that uh, for sure. Um, Jill's going to continue to be here on in the mornings on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Uh, I'm here Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday afternoon. Sometimes I know John has come by a couple times. My car is not here. If it's not here, that doesn't mean I'm not in here. Sometimes Sherry drops me off. Uh, so just call or, or ring, the, ring the bell, and uh, it's likely that I'm in here somewhere. Okay, let's... Uh, Let's transition now uh, to an attitude of prayer. Creator God, we thank you for this fellowship. In these, these days and weeks and months of uncertainty and, and worry, 
and distrust. We say thank you that we have a place, a fellowship where we can go and be ourselves, where we can know we are not judged but only loved and accepted. We thank you for Zion. Lord, we are grateful for those things being revealed to us in these difficult times. Some of them difficult and some of them wonderful. We pray this morning, Lord, for those who grieve. For those weighted down by a burden that they that they cannot bear. We continue to pray for Grady's family. We pray for Renee and her family as they deal with Shotzi's passing. That whole family and the weight of their grief. We pray for their consolation. We pray that they know your presence in this moment, in this place, wherever that is for them. We continue to pray for healing, for strength, for Rosemary, for Jolene. We pray for Colton. We continue to pray for Dale, for Marielle. We hold up Mallory and her children. Lord, we pray for Marvin and Janice. Pray for Lori. Pray for healing. We pray for strength. We pray for wisdom for the doctors and the nurses. We continue to pray for Chad Horner. We pray for Bruce Carlson, the Gonzalez family down in Mexico. We pray for Aunt Ruth, for Marvel on her birthday. We pray for Susie, all those who feel isolated, all those who feel alone. We pray for healthcare workers. We pray for decision makers. We pray for everyone whose lives have changed forever. We wait here in this uncertainty, in this helplessness, and we trust you with all of our hearts, Lord. And we conclude praying together the prayer that Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And give us this day our daily bread. 
and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Let's affirm our faith together. We believe in God always and everywhere, present and active from before time's beginning and long past our conceptions of time's ending. We believe in God always and everywhere, who is and does beyond our imaginings. We believe in God always and everywhere, with women and men framing stories to explain our connectedness with the mystery. We believe in God always and everywhere, in Jesus of Nazareth, revealing holy relationship and urging practiced love. We believe in God always and everywhere, in our times, in our lives, prompting gracious welcome and responsible participation in God's unfolding reign. We believe in God always and everywhere. Amen. Thank you again for being with us this morning. Thank you, Jeanette. Thank you, Doug. Christ has no body now on earth but ours, no hands, no feet on earth but ours. Ours are the eyes with which he looks compassion on this world. Ours are the feet with which he walks to do good. Ours are the hands with which he blesses all the world. Ours are the hands, ours are the feet, ours are the eyes. We are his body. Amen. <laughs>